Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The state needs to be the ultimate guarantor of a child's well-being. There's just no alternative to that. The reason parent-child relationships exist is because the state confers legal parenthood on people through its paternity and maternity laws. That's the state that is empowering parents to do anything with children, to take them home, to have custody, and to make any kind of decisions about that. That's a law professor at William & Mary. The reason child-parent relationship exists is because the state confers legal parenthood on the people. And he's suggesting that that was a bad idea or is no longer a good idea or something, it sounds like. Well, that is an emphatic rejection of anything close to natural rights, saying that the parent-child relationship only exists because the government permits it, including, you know, you, you gave birth to a child, but do you get to keep it? That's up to us. We've, now, deci- we've decided There you are can. abuse and drug abuse laws that, that kind of get into that area, but for him to state it the way he has, that's crazy. We've decided that you can take the kid home and raise it, but you need to remember it's only because we let you. It's our kid. How many people believe that? Wouldn't be very many. No, but I'll bet you would find them absolutely thick in the halls of academia. Oh, you would. You'd find it thick in some of your major universities. But you could go into some of the most democratic people of color neighborhoods in this country, and you'd better be armed if you're going to go try to tell them that the kid belongs to the government. Right, right. I would agree. So on a similar theme, and these are a series of, uh, you know, closely related topic stories, etc. Um, <clears throat> I'd come across this account where uh, Moms for Liberty was trying to organize a, a, uh, a discussion 
like they do in New York City. And these are the gals who, among other things, don't want pornography in schools. They don't think DEI should be taught, the gender-bred person, systemic racism, that sort of thing. But the way they go about their business is they hold these meetings where everybody gets to express their opinion, then discuss it, including people who think that they're bad people. I mean, it is a remarkably open-hearted and open-minded way to try to effect social change. And this uh, this person who is a self-described liberal New York City Democrat uh, is writing this article and and the point of it is that a bunch of progressive groups including teachers unions very powerful groups in new york city said this has got to be taken torn down we can't have this meeting deny them the meeting place deny them what it's got to be stopped they're a hate group they are a known hate group according to like the splc southern poverty law center which you hear quoted all the time in the news well, this New York liberal Democrat writes, um, I am that as sensitive to hate speech as any reasonable person. I've watched interviews, read articles, and spoken to Moms for Liberty founder, my friend Tiffany Justice, who's a staunch children's literacy advocate and firm believer in parental rights, which, of course, that William and Mary professor would reject out of hand. Um, I have yet to find an instance of divisive rhetoric or hate speech in anything that she or her partner, Tina Deskovich, a Florida mother of five, former school board member with a long track history of community service, have said. On the contrary, their positions are common sense ones any parent or grandparent could agree on, particularly the emphasis on parental rights. How did we get to a place where a group organized by mothers for our nation's children is being tarred as radical for simply facilitating a conversation? Some of you are already ahead of me, and you know where we're going with this. One more rhetorical question. Why are our elected officials threatened by apparent town hall, but completely nonchalant when actual extremist radicals calling for the extermination of Jews are holding New York City hostage by rioting across major thoroughfares, shutting down bridges and tunnels and airports? So this is an instance where people who just say, hey, I want a little open inquiry here. I would like to discuss these things are being shouted down and branded as extremists and haters and racists. Does that remind you of anything? So this gal says, and if Moms for Liberty is far right, who's in the middle? I poured over the SPLC website to understand how they came to classify this group as extremists, but only found examples of partnerships with conservative parents organizations. Today, simply discussing ideas and exposing novel ideologies being taught in our nation's schools is enough to brand you a right-wing extremist. Well, really? So again, we don't want to talk about it. We're going to call you names and tell you you have to shut up. This is interesting because people do pay attention to this group. The real question, as you said, is why anybody gives any credence to what the Southern Poverty Law Center believes anything? They're so far off the mark. Uh, but anyway, people do. So I guess you have to engage in this conversation. Oh, yeah, they've gone from a respected civil rights organization to an utter crackpot group of money-raising phonies. Well, they're radical leftists. They're DEI yeah, neo-Marxists. Yeah, yeah, and they have been for decades, but the right. mainstream media hasn't caught on to that yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I found this so interesting. Uh, again, this is kind of related in Axios. Behind the curtain, a new powerful political movement. Uh, they're, you know, you can assign whatever name you want to it. Some people are calling it the techno optimists and a lot of it has to do with they think technology is positive it'll help ai is going to help uh, you know society 
uh, and that sort of thing. And that, you know, we can we can talk about that. But I found this very, very interesting. Another thing that they're really gung-ho about is NDEI. Wow. It's time to NDEI for good. Uh, no more standing by as people are encouraged to segregate themselves. No more forced declarations that you'll prioritize identity over excellence. No more compelled speech. No more going along with little lies for the sake of being polite. And they cite a, a bunch of different people who are involved in this, including the fabulous Barry Weiss, um, who is part of this loose group of kind of tech-savvy, not-old, uh, courageous people. But you've heard us ranting and raving lately, I have anyway, about NDEI everywhere right now. It has nothing to do with diversity or inclusion. It is uh, neo-Marxist, you know, identitarian, whatever you want to call it, uh, the uh, intersectionality way to take over and undermine institutions and turn them into organs of the new Marxism. And they do that through, and this is why I started with the Moms for Liberty, they do that through declaring, and this is going to sound really familiar to you, to the uh, stack of emailers talking about the DEI programs they've had to attend recently, especially in blue states. What they do is say, this is the doctrine. This is the only doctrine. If you're against this doctrine, you're a racist. And to be a racist is one of the worst things to be in America. And if you're a racist, we get to shut you down and hurt you. And the Moms for Liberty thing is, is a great example of how that works uh, in real life. Uh, I'd like to, I'm glancing at the clock, uh, Barry Weiss wrote something absolutely brilliant recently, the title of which is End DEI. It's not about diversity, equity, or inclusion. It's just about arrogating power. That's, see, too many big words. Uh, to a movement that threatens not just Jews, but America itself. And she's writing it as a Jew talking about she could see this coming a long time ago, how dangerous this was going to be. The idea that, uh, well, I'll, I'll quote her. What I saw was a worldview that replaced basic ideas of good and evil with a new rubric, the powerless, good, and the powerful, bad. It replaced a lot of things. Colorblindness with race obsession. Ideas with identity. That's right, ideas aren't permitted. It's like the Moms for Liberty again. All we want to do is exchange ideas. You're a hater and a radical, you need to shut up. It replaces debate with denunciation, persuasion with public shaming. The rule of law is replaced by the fury of the mob. And then she points out that anybody who's been successful stole it and is evil and must be brought down. And anybody who has less is by definition good and must be lifted up and must be included. We must have diversity on this board, for instance. We must have inclusion. All those words mean is we need more Marxists on the board, and you can't stop us or we'll call you a racist or a homophobe or whatever. That's how it works. So if you just stated it flat out to America, you got two people up here. Put them up on a, put them up on a screen. Got a rich person and a poor person. Did the rich person take their money, get their money by taking it from the poor person? How many people would say yes to that? do you think half the country or is if it you not that phrased bad? it just a little more cleverly than that and that's you know speaking of the other thing i'm railing on and on about um 
manipulation, twisting of language is the most important thing they do, which is why I'm on this jihad for language discipline. Don't use the terms of the neo-Marxists. They've designed them on purpose to to get a purpose done. So in answer to your question, Jack, no, if you put it in a common sense way like that, I don't think you get a very big number. But if you give me two minutes to think about it. I'll use some of their jargon and terminology, mm. and I'll get a much, much higher number. Right. Throw in disproportionate or something. Oh, yeah. For instance, sure. Um, yeah. Coming up, Charles Barkley wants to punch Aaron Rodgers in the face. We'll explain that for you. Punch we got him a, in the balls. We got a, well, oh, the face. Into, or the face, either way. So it's intergenerational, intersports yeah. conflict of... Mm. Kind of funny clip. And uh, speaking of sports, we have an update on the Chief Sickles. I am frozen to death in the backyard. Ooh, How did I get there? Little irreverent. It's yeah. tragedy. Yeah. It's tragedy. Is it? Uh, we got an update on the Chief Sickles and a bunch of other stuff, so stay here. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, I just looked up at the TV and Larry David's on there. I'd forgotten there's a new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the final season. So it's been off the air for how many years? Has that ever happened before where you got a popular show, it goes off the air, they're like done, and then you decide to come back and do another season? All right. I don't um, know. Uh, I saw a clip of him talking about because remember Super Bowl two years ago, he had one of the biggest, most prevalent ads on the Super Bowl pushing the crypto FTX stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I I saw him interviewed about that yesterday. He said, he "said I'm an idiot. I I don't know anything about this stuff." So I asked all my friends, and all my friends said, "Oh yeah, it's a great idea." Absolutely, you got to do it. And I thought, oh, okay, my smart, rich friends told me it was a good idea, and I got—I was supposed to get paid in some of the crypto, which turned out to be worth nothing. So I lost a ton of money. Trust me. And um, he—he <laughs> he had no idea what it was. Didn't understand it. And wow. Many of nice. us don't. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> first, this. So had the story a week or so ago. Remember Aaron Rodgers, football player. 
one of the better quarterbacks who ever existed, played for the Packers, now the Jets, and was uh, he wouldn't get the COVID vaccine. So that became a big dust-up. Can the NFL force him to get the vaccine or not let him play and all this sort of stuff? You remember that story. And then for some reason, oh, I know why. Jimmy Kimmel, uh, the late-night TV show host, called Aaron Rodgers stupid a bunch of times and a conspiracy nut for not getting the COVID, and so Aaron Rodgers would say things back to him. And then a couple of weeks ago, when the Jeffrey Epstein files were starting to be released, which have turned out to be nothing, um, Aaron Rodgers said on some talk show that Jimmy Kimmel's name was going to be on the the Epstein list of people that had been to Jeffrey Epstein's house. And Jimmy Kimmel got really mad about that and uh, then made some blasts at uh, Aaron Rodgers, a football player. And so yesterday, Charles Barkley is on the CBS Early Show, and that topic comes up. Some people say that Aaron Rodgers crossed the line with Jimmy Kimmel. 100%. If Jimmy Kimmel had said that about you, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers had said that about you, implied that you had been on the Epstein list, how would you handle that? I would have punched him in the face. What do you mean, punch him in the face? You know what the hell punch him in the face means? (laughs) Like, I think that when you're in the limelight, people get to say things about you that goes with the territory, but... (laughs) That when you start comparing people and saying you're hanging out with pedophiles and yeah. people hanging having sex with underage girls, dangerous allegations. That, that's the, dangerous. The last part of that is fine, but the best part is I want to punch him in the face. What do you mean by you know what the hell punch him in the face means? <laughs> I know that is so a mainstream media drone dealing with a non-mainstream media person. What do you mean by that? What the hell do you mean? What do I mean? Find the beginning of that again, up to the joke. Some people say that Aaron Rodgers crossed the line with Jimmy Kimmel. 100%. If Jimmy Kimmel had said that about you, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers had said that about you, implied that you had been on the Epstein list, how would you handle that? I'd have punched him in the face. What do you mean, punch him in the face? You know what the hell punch him in the face means? <laughs> like, that I think is that hilarious. When- <laughs> you know what the hell punch him in the face means? <laughs> oh, God, I find that funny. You're right. It's just, uh, what, what kind of a response was that? Oh, God, that's funny. Charles Barkley's thin again. Which diet is he doing now? I assume he's endorsing some diet because he's skinny again. He's skinny like he's playing for the Phoenix Suns and going to the NBA Finals skinny. Wow. I had no idea. Oh, he Charles was, uh, Barkley's weight is is your uh, uh, your uh, portfolio. He was course. so fat like six months ago. I mean, just crazy fat. Um, speaking of sports, update on the Chiefs fans that froze in the backyard. So a couple of nuggets that have come out. The guy that's alive from the big uh, football party, he stayed in the house and didn't freeze to death. I think it's becoming pretty obvious what happened here, I think. But uh, the guy that didn't go out in the backyard and smoke cigarettes or whatever, so when he passed out for 48 hours, he didn't die because he was inside the house. And uh, he's gone into rehab, according to reports. I don't know what he's going to rehab for what. The toxicology reports, most people think they have to be back, but they're kind of keeping that close to the vest just because they're still investigating. But they're going to show that they, you know, they did the Matthew Perry ketamine thing or who knows what it was. But they did Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of a drug that will make you pass out. And those other three went out in the backyard and froze to death. I'll bet they were smoking cigarettes. That'd be my guess. Um, So the fiance of one of the dudes goes over to the house when she hasn't heard from her fiance for days and can't get a hold of the guy you know she knew he was at this party can't get a hold of the guy who owns the house because he's passed out from the ketamine or whatever they're taking 
She goes into the house, she goes upstairs, and she sees her fiancé sitting in a chair in the backyard, frozen solid. He's sitting in a chair. So it wasn't a, you know, bludgeoned or they were crawling back to the house or anything like that. He passed out asleep in the chair from whatever drugs they were doing. It, right, it, and the cops certainly. are keeping it quiet because they're gonna because they're trying to figure out where the drugs come from, who sold them, uh, and 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 find the evil doers down the line. Oh, sure. and the other nugget that came out that I thought was pretty interesting that his identification took a while. It was very difficult because they were so frozen. You know how freezer burn works. You open up your freezer and you think, is this a fish stick or is this a popsicle? I don't know. You got to scrape Ugh. all the ice off of it. And uh, I think that's what they had with the chiefs. It took them a while to figure out who they were. Wow, and let them thaw for a while. This is a grim story. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that complicated in the end. They did a whole bunch of the kind of drug that makes you fall asleep, and they were outside. The end. Speaking of grim, you have two choices if you are a parent of school-aged children in California. Get them out of public schools. Get them out. Oof. Or inoculate them seriously about what they're about to be taught. This is shocking. Boy. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of great, uh, well, great, that's interesting, important China news to discuss, including next hour. I think we're going to go pretty big on the uh, Chinese cyber threat that uh, Chris Ray of the FBI was talking about in Congress yesterday. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things I'd rather not think about, frankly. I would rather, rather whistle past the graveyard, as the old saying goes, but... Uh, it's crazy. Anyway, stay tuned for that. So, uh, talking a lot about the DEI thing and how evil it is it has nothing to do with diversity or, or inclusion or anything like that. It's just a takeover to tear down the system in the name of a new Marxism. Um, and they use excuses of race and, and, uh, ethnicity and post-colonial theory and queer theory and all sorts of stuff. It's just ways to say, if you don't agree with us, we're evil and you have to go. So it's a way to take over a system. Um, 
Uh, just got this from a California public school teacher who was required to sit through a full day's presentation on the guiding values and principles of ethnic studies, which you may be aware is a brand new graduation requirement hitting every public high school uh, within the next couple of years. Um, and it is absolutely 100 percent. Uh, DEI, neo-Marxism, uh, everything from the post-colonial thing to white supremacism, uh, power and oppression, uh, BIPOC, indigenous people, blah, blah, blah. It is a thorough required indoctrination into neo-Marxism in public schools. And I remember a couple of weeks ago I was asking the question, like when I was in school, way more people tested with proficiency for math and reading. So we weren't leaving that out. Yet we still had time for art class and music class. My kids have not had art class and music class. If you want to do that sort of stuff, you have to do that mostly outside of school with some sort of, you know, you go to the local art center and sign up for a class or something like that because they don't have time for it. And I was wondering, what do they do with all the time that we used to have where we could fit in math, reading, and art and music and everything else? Well, this sort of crap. Uh, final note on this, and uh, worth mentioning that our correspondent and his wife are credentialed teachers in Cal Unicornia and homeschooled their children. Um, the ethnic studies will not just be a standalone required course parents must prepare their children for. Districts across the state are planning to infuse ethnic studies into other subjects in order to fulfill graduation requirements, cultural anthropology, AP World Language, U.S. History. It's all going to be DEI indoctrination. God help us. Deep breath. Let's take a look inside the China cabinet. You know, we really don't need any content. The introduction is so entertaining. And so long. Well done, Michael. <laughs> we could pace it up a little bit, as they say. <laughs> so a couple of uh, quick stories about China that I found very, very interesting. Uh, this one reported by Bethany Ellen Abrahamini, author of a book called Axios China, uh, The Rise of China's Shadow Diplomacy. The The nutshell version of this is... China realized if they send government officials to various countries, it gets all sorts of attention. There's protocol. There are laws involved. Um, and, and so instead what they're doing is sending party officials unofficially and quietly to liaison with other political parties, primarily in Africa, to teach them about how to get one party rule going and how they can become uh, prosperous and well taken care of. With their uh, big Chinese brothers, uh, at least with a share of control of their country. And so China is aggressively, every single damn day, trying to grow their influence around the world. Well, you combine again, particularly that. in Africa. You combine that with the cyber stuff that we're going to tell you about again in hour four. It's That's troubling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Man, I'm, I'm such a geek about this stuff. I could go into detail, but I won't. Negative takes on China's economy are disappearing from the Internet. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Chinese authorities warn against denigrating the economy. So if you point out, hey, youth unemployment's really high in my town, you've denigrated the economy, you bunch of economy denigrators. And also it is urging officials at the point of a bayonet to highlight its bright prospects. 
And so as the giant developers in China are crashing and declaring bankruptcy, the stock market has plunged. Their economic headwinds are getting fiercer and fiercer. You're not allowed to say so anymore in China. Okay. Beautiful. And then finally this. This is almost tragic comic. Maybe you remember this. As part of the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, the State Department was tasked with producing a report on the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to censor and intimidate Americans. This is a, an, an issue closely tied to what Jack is going to lead us through next hour. And that's the, uh, the cyber hacking and the threat to the United States and our politics and the rest of it uh, by China's hackers. Um, so these, uh, the Defense Authorization Act said, you've got to keep us up to date on this. You've got to study this, and, and we've got to be on our toes about this. Uh, the issue had fueled bipartisan concerns, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the first non-public report was transmitted to Congress earlier this month. So they came through. The State Department did come through. And it was obtained by the Washington Free Beacon. And it includes a note. You know how a big report has a bunch of notes. One of the notes of it includes does not represent the views of the executive branch, and that it was authored by six undergraduate students from James Mason University, James Madison University. So the required report on Chinese Communist Party's efforts to censor and intimidate Americans was farmed out to six undergrads. At a university that happens to be fairly close to Washington, D.C. Hmm. Not even like master's degree students. Like sophomores. Said Ted Cruz, this report confirms again that the Biden administration is simply unserious about confronting the full range of threats posed by the CCP. So anyway, it doesn't say whether these uh, these youngsters plagiarized like they're Claudine Gay or what grade they got on the mandated report on the threat of the communist Chinese. But I, I for one, would like to thank them for putting down the bong or stop making out with your girlfriend or skipping the intramural football game and preparing this critical report for the American people. And with that, we close the China cabinet. <laughs> millennials are saying, what's a China cabinet? That's true. Well, not millennials. Uh, well, maybe millennials. Generation Z, certainly. Yeah, um, yeah. Guess who's got a dad bod? Have you been following this story? Kind of a funny... You know, during this the, this, the two weeks off of uh, uh, between Super Bowl... They need to have a, a Super Bowl-related story every single day. You have to come up with something. Mm -hmm. uh, the dad bod story is one of the last 24 hours. It's actually kind of funny. So there's a picture of Patrick Mahomes, among the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the most popular sport in America, um, mm -hmm. in the locker room after the game with his shirt off. And, and uh, there was a post of, oh, my God, look who's got a dad bod, because he does not look like what you might think he looks like underneath his jersey as an elite athlete. And and so he tweeted back the picture and said, "Yo, why you got a doobie like that? I got kids." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, yeah. granted, many people with a dad bod would like to have his dad bod. He's still you know a young athlete, but he is not at all, uh, not a little doughy, and sure. uh, and 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 got a bit of a Dunlap or whatever. That's funny. Is that kind of funny? strong as an ox? That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't even know how that works. So there was a play in the game a couple weeks ago where he was running around, and I'm not sure he even moved his arm. It might have been all wrist. And he threw, the ball, fingers. Like, he threw the ball like 40 <laughs> yards down the field. Like, how is that even possible? Because I play catch with my son every single day. 
And I'm amazed at how much effort it takes me to throw the ball like 20 yards. 20 yards is a long way to throw the football. Those guys <laughs> heave it down with just like a flip of the wrist. The yeah. other thing you don't notice until you're on a football field. Like, when's the last time you were on a football field? Unless you have kids or you're young, you haven't been in forever. But when you're on a football field, you realize not only how long it is, but how wide it is. So if a quarterback runs way over there, and they throw it forward 20, but all the way across the field, that is a hell of a long way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and plus, if you have to chase him all the way to the sideline, and he eludes you, and you have to chase him like all the way back, forget it. Play over. Good luck the rest of you. I'm taking the rest of this off. The other thing I was thinking when I had the really good seats at the 49ers game, because I was sitting so close, is the field looks the right size for guys that are as giant as this. So why does my kid, though, and his other 11-year-old friends play on the same size field? Why do, why mm. do they do that? Because it, it's, it's really kind of a different game. Yeah, I think it's just because it's so expensive to have and maintain football fields if you had various sizes. But, but I, I, I would tell you that soccer absolutely does not do that. The size of the fields and the goals gets bigger and bigger as the kids get it bigger and should. bigger. It should. And basketball, they finally, at some point, I can't remember when, came up with a breakthrough. Um, If you have little kids shooting at a 10-foot hoop, the only thing they can do is heave the thing, and so they're going to develop bad technique. Put yeah. the rim down proportionate to the, the little kids. Yeah. Um, uh, other thing, uh, sports-wise, since I was at a high school basketball game last night for the first time in like 40 years, um, it's just like in the NBA. It's all three-pointers now. I mean, that that giant outside shot that... Man, if you took one of those, I think when I was in high school, the coach would have benched you for the rest of the game. But uh, but now that's the thing: you shoot the big long ball, which is kind of funny. It's just it's you know because of the word. But the best player in the world only makes it forty percent of the time. You're going to make it like twenty eight percent of the time. I would just stand there and let him shoot all day long. Go ahead, knock yourself out. I, Take I'm going to be three over three. here under the basket. I'll grab the ball <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah, have a good yeah. time. Uh, much more on the way. Stay with us. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. I just came across the phrase that might help me with my eating problem. Hmm, the a phrase? The phrase that's going to make the difference. Thank you, Texter. I'll have that for you in a moment. Maybe it'll help you. The phrase that pays. So, came across this yesterday. Um, they had a vote in Chicago about whether or not they wanted to uh, call for a ceasefire in Gaza. The Chicago City Council. Why is the Chicago City Council weighing in on a ceasefire in Gaza? It's not only... I mean, it would be dumb if the United States were firing on Gaza. Because it's not your role as a city council of one city to determine our foreign policy and military needs. But it's not even our country. You're telling another country that they need to stop their military actions as a city. Well, they had the vote. And it was tied, whatever it was tied, 23-23 or whatever. What do you do when you've got a tie? The mayor has to weigh in and vote. Here's the mayor casting his vote and the reaction from the crowd. Born this resolution, a motion, even though there is no tie. Uh, so I will exercise my vote yes. and my right to vote aye. Yeah! Let's go, Brandon. All the young people up in the crowd with their Palestinian kafias wrapped around their necks. <laughs> Cheering that the mayor broke the tie and the city council did call for a ceasefire in Gaza. A meaningless act about something you're on the wrong side of. Now go home, you idiots. <laughs> you know, as a professional humorist, this is below low-hanging fruit. This is overripe fruit that's fallen from the tree and is half rotten on the ground and has bees in it. The idea that Chicago would be demanding a ceasefire in Gaza... <sighs> Even though, if I might duck the bullets long enough to address the city council, Mr. Mayor, I'd like to protest. Even though they don't prosecute crime there in Chicago and they got all the lawlessness, uh, Noah Rothman, who we really like around here, tweeted out, Cities know how to contain rampant lawlessness. They don't know how to bring about peace in the Middle East. But increasingly, they seem more committed to the latter than the former. As we saw in, I guess it was Oakland, right, where their city council condemned the uh, Israel going after Gaza, but they've got, you know, they had to close their in and out and all the Walgreens and everything like that because they got so much crime and hobos. But you, you know, you don't, you can't deal with that. You're busy, worried about foreign policy of other countries. Right. So nuts. Here's another Speaking story. of the Bay Area, California, I was going to say the mainstream media attention that's begun to be directed toward the utter misery and decay of uh, the blue cities in the West Coast. It's semi-encouraging. More on that next hour. Yeah. Speaking of which, illegals showing up in San Diego. Here's Bill Malusion of Fox. The border crisis is literally coming to California's shores once again, as a San Diego, uh, San Diego local tells me. He was just out in the ocean shooting some video on his GoPro when all of a sudden he noticed a boat speeding in his direction. Take a look at that video. Jack Enright tells me uh, he was at Marine Street Beach in La Jolla when this happened yesterday. The boat beaches itself in the sand, and then a group of suspected illegal immigrants jumps off and goes running off into a residential area. As you mentioned, these are multi-million dollar homes we're talking about. Out. It's unclear if they were ever caught. I'm still waiting to hear back from CBP, though. It is highly unlikely anybody ended up catching these guys. Maybe the nicest beach in the entire United States. Some of the nicest homes in the San Diego area. The illegals run their boat onto the sand, get out of the boat, and just disappear into the neighborhood. I'm sure never to be seen again. 
And, sure. the, and the only reason we know about it is just luck that some guy with a GoPro decided to record it and report it to Fox. Otherwise, how many times has this happened and nobody even knew? We have not really leaned on a certain phrase that a lot of people are uh, as they watch the thousands and the hundreds of thousands, the millions of people stream across the border. But a lot of people are pointing out that a lot of those people are military age young men. And it is at least worthy of some concern that if a foreign power was going to attempt to wreak havoc inside the United States or do wrong, that they would have military-age young men doing it. Yeah, we wonder what event may, may shape the presidential election that hasn't happened yet. We, well, black swan event. Well, this would be a light gray swan event since it's relatively pr- predictable, but... Probably won't happen. Certainly could, though. Some sort of a terrorist attack that you can trace back absolutely to border policy would really make an an impact on the election. It's funny. This clicks so well with something I was going to bring up. It's kind of the other side of the coin. I need to come up with some sort of algorithm. If only I knew what an algorithm was, I would. Um, uh, uh, For somehow coming up with a rating for the significance of a story juxtaposed against its the amount of attention being paid to it. And granted, there's a fair amount of attention being paid to the border at this point, but the effects it could have on the United States economically, culturally, in terms of crime or whatever terrorism, could be just unthinkably enormous. And it's kind of ghettoed over on the, uh, the right-wing media. So anyway, what I was going to bring up was, uh, I want to get this headline exactly right. Come on, phone. Uh, here it is. It's from Politico. Inside Kevin McCarthy's vengeance operation against the Republicans who fired him. Now, I like a good vengeance story. But I was thinking, how much attention, time, money and attention was paid to the whole struggles of Kevin McCarthy to hold on to the speakership or lose it or whatever? Whatever. How has your life changed? Yeah, exactly. Now, I know Judy and I burn whale oil for heat now <laughs> after all the changes, and we certainly sold one of our children to Arab human traders, and, uh, of course, we've converted to a different religion and divorced uh, because of Kevin. No, it hasn't had any effect on anybody. So here's the phrase that may change the way I eat. There are donuts here. There were cookies here. I caved and ate a donut. Nothing tastes as good as thin feels. I really like that. That might make it. Nothing tastes as good as thin feels. Oh, being thin. Yes. Nothing tastes as good as thin feels. I'm going to think about that all the time. If you miss a segment, get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.